please bow your heads with me as we begin the sermon time with prayer. Father in heaven, we ask that you just continue to guide us in our new series here and uh, continue to put your words on my mouth and continue to have your spirit be flowing through the minds of the listeners, that they would hear scripture and that mostly they would hear you and that we could grow closer to you as well as when it's appropriate share with the people around us to encourage them that there is always hope and help in Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, our next sermon series will be on abuse and domestic violence. Kind of a unique topic, but rarely talked about, but one that's always been relevant in this world. So we'll be looking at that for the next several weeks. If you'll join with me in your scriptures or your smartphone, our opening text is found in Ezekiel chapter 26, verse 16. Or excuse me, Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel 28, verse 16. Ezekiel 28, verse 16 says, By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence. You sinned, and therefore I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I have destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. The Scriptures make it clear that this complex and painful problem of abuse has been around a long time. It started in heaven before human beings were even created. It started very subtly. It started in the mind of Satan. It was an internal problem that started right here. It started in his mind. And Satan, years and years ago, refused to let God help him. And it just started in his mind. And it started with a thought. And then he chose not to let God help him. And that turned into words. And he started to turn those words against the angels. It affected about a third of them. Then he turned those things towards God and even started to be abusive towards God. And now, of course, it's quite clear he's turned his efforts of abuse towards humanity. Isaiah chapter 14 echoes a very similar story. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Isaiah chapter 13, verse 13. Isaiah 14, verse 13 and 14. Isaiah the prophet writes, You said in your heart, in other words, in your mind, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recess of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I, I will make myself like the Most High God. This is Lucifer, son of the morning, the covering cherub, who is the number one angel, also known as the dragon or the serpent or the devil or Satan. Years ago, when this all started, it was, it was almost invisible. It was imperceptible. It was, it was hard to notice or discern because it just started in the mind of Satan. It was just a thought. 
It was just a thought that he thought in his mind. And he was, he was there and it was heaven and God was beginning to think and discuss and talk about how, how he was going to, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're going to create this place that we call earth and they're going to make trees and lions and tigers and elephants and water and clouds and an atmosphere and something called gravity and time and they'd make people and and as the number one talented, smart, capable, amazing, number one angel, Lucifer thought in his mind, why doesn't God ask me for help? God should ask me for help. Maybe I could kind of help design something there. And when God didn't give Lucifer a big enough role he got angry, he got jealous, he felt bad, and he thought to himself, it made him feel inferior, and he started thinking, I really should have some control on this. But he didn't, and he got angry about it. Even though God didn't ask for his advice or his input, Unfortunately, when Satan came to the earth, human beings have been more than willing all these years to take his advice. Satan has been abusive and rough to us, and as, as you look back, <laughs> as you, as, if you were to look at uh, people who are experts in the field of abuse, uh, there's, there's a fairly sizable list of the things, the root causes that cause abuse. But the, they say that the, the main ones, there's about eight of them. And Lucifer basically had at least five of these eight. Lucifer was angry. He was jealous. He had low self-esteem. He felt inferior. He believed that he had the right to kind of control things and do what he wanted. He had some of those issues. But there's other issues that cause it, psychological disorders that you can, if you're in an atmosphere a lot, like if you're you're in a family where someone's abusive, you can learn that behavior. Drugs and alcohol can help promote those kind of behaviors. And many of those things Satan himself was wrestling with. But one one of the common myths, one of the common myths and challenges of abuse and domestic violence is that people think, oh, when it, when I, when I, I'll know an abuser when I see one. But part of the problem is that because abuse is something that happens in your mind, that's where it starts. <clears throat> and it starts with a thought. And since human beings can't read minds, it's not easily noticed. And as well, it makes it challenging because many times people that are abusive hide it like Satan did. We can hide it in lots of different ways. Satan hid it for lots of reasons. And he was the number one angel, so who would think that the number one angel would do such a thing? <clears throat> he, he tried to hide it initially. He tried to hide it from God. He tried to hide it from the other angels. He even tried to hide it from Adam and Eve in the beginning. He tried making it sound like it was such a great thing that they would take this fruit and ruin all of the earth. He made it sound like a good thing, like he was being helpful, that he had wisdom. And as you go through the scriptures, it's clear God is trying to make it, make it known to everybody that, that abuse can happen almost anywhere. 
And you can see it. The fallen angels, Adam and Eve, Cain, Adam, Abraham, Sarah, Lot, his daughters, Sodom and Gomorrah, Moses, his brother Aaron, his sister Miriam, Joseph's brothers, Jacob and his wives, Esau, his brother, his father-in-law, Laban, King Saul, King David, Absalom, Solomon, who's supposed to be really wise, Judas, Peter, Paul, James, John. The Bible is filled with people who had really big titles. Men, even women, educated people in the church, people out of the church. Adam and Eve used to be perfect. The angels, a third of them, they used to be in heaven. Years ago, the United States of America, they had this, this uh, the, the customs office. They solved this large, um, they solved this large uh, pornography case. And as they were doing some of the paperwork, they, they discovered that over 60, over 60 of the people that were caught were professionals, lawyers, doctors, college professors, music teachers, engineers, uh, good old American salt-of-the-earth farmers, graphic engineers, teachers, pastors, neighbors, bus drivers, janitors, butchers, people that are in the finance business. And they were surprised because they were assuming that, well, there's only a certain type of person or a certain sect or a certain group that gets caught up in that. Ezekiel 28, verse 16, in heaven of all places. Who would think this would happen in heaven with an angel, not to mention the number one angel? By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence and you sinned. With Lucifer, with Satan, with the devil, it started right in his mind. It started in his mind. And before it inflicted anybody else, before anyone else was harmed by the abuse, it was tearing his life apart. But he made the terrible choice to not tell anybody. Even though God knows everything, he was trying to hide it from God. He tried it in the beginning to hide it from the angels. He tried to hide it from everybody. And as you try to hide it and not get help, it grows and it gets worse. And when it grew and got worse, then it started affecting the people around him. And it's the same with humanity. Because abuse is such a sensitive, painful, challenging topic, people rarely talk about it. And they're reluctant to get help. Probably for lots of reasons. I imagine with Lucifer being the number one angel, having all this authority and power and attention, he probably thought, you know, what if I were to let people know that I'm wrestling with these problems? I would look worse than I feel. And so we never said anything. But it got worse. Psalms chapter 51 Psalms chapter 51, verse 5, also echoed in Romans 23, 3, but we'll look at uh, Psalms 51, 5, since we're in the Old Testament here. Psalm 51, 5, David writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, 
and in sin my mother conceived me. The Bible is quite clear about the human condition. Every human being is born with that problem called sin. Self-destruction, abuse. We don't have to act on it, but everybody has that potential roaming around in their own brain, the potential to hurt themselves or to hurt somebody else. And it can happen whether you're male or female, young or old, rich or poor, in this country or that country. Conservative, liberal. It can happen when you're older. It can even happen when you're younger. Because there's a lot of ways to be abusive. I remember before I was ever even in the first grade, my brother, he said something uh, that I didn't like. And I chose to get angry. And I chose to chase him. And I chose to tackle him onto our couch. And the next thing I remember is myself and my brother and the couch went through the large living room window. Nothing would have happened if I wouldn't have chosen to get angry. When I was in the second grade, my brother Michael, again, he'd said something that I didn't like, and I chose to get angry. I chose to get angry. We were further apart this time, though I was faster. We were in the living room, and he was too far away, but that didn't stop me. I still chose to get angry, and I chose to run after him. And he went through the hallway. I can still remember our house. And he turned the corner, went in the hallway, went to his bedroom, and I wasn't going to give up. And I, I, I chose to get angry. I chose to chase him. And I, cho- I thought, I was so committed. I thought, oh, I'm just going to jump, and maybe I can just stop the door so it can't shut and then I'll get in there and I'll hurt him so I jumped at the door and I put my hand at the door and he slammed the door shut and my finger on my middle finger on my right hand just got in there and uh, but he slammed the door real well and I lost my fingernail uh, I still have a scar on, on this finger because I lost the tip of my finger and because uh, I, I got my hand in there all right and that's a tough way for a second grader to learn their right hand from their left hand. But I did. Uh, several times a day, I'd have to change the Band-Aid and the gauze and, and the medical tape on that thing. For six, seven, eight, nine months, I didn't have a fingernail. It, it, I don't remember how long, but it felt like an eternity that basically the tip of my finger just came off. <laughs> but eventually, it, I just kept pushing it back on, and it stayed somehow. Um, and so I still have it. But anger starts in your mind. And if we don't do something with it, it starts to get out in the most crazy, crazy ways. It can happen with anybody at any age over almost anything. Turn with me to Matthew 5. Listen to the words of Jesus. These are unique words, especially in the time that we're living in. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22, just following the, is part of the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 21 and 22, Jesus says, You've heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder. We're all a good American citizen. Like, yeah, you shouldn't commit murder. Well, let's keep listening. Uh, you, you were told, you've heard this before because he's quoting, he's paraphrasing in this chapter 5 here, he's paraphrasing the Ten Commandments. 
but helping people see how there's actually deeper implications. And so you shouldn't commit murder. Whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother is guilty. By just simply being angry. Where does that happen? It happens in your mind. That's where it starts, right here in the mind. By just simply being angry. And then he continues. Well, whoever says, initially it was a thought, if you're angry in your mind, now he's continuing. He says, well, even if you say to your brother, you're good for nothing, you should be guilty. And then he continues on and on. Well, even if you say you're a fool, you're guilty enough to go to fiery hell. For some reason, <coughs> excuse me, the stereotype in America, the stereotype in America is if the husband punches the wife in the face and the neighbor calls the cops and the dad goes to jail or, or if, if two people are, are living together and the guy hits the wife and the neighbor calls the cops and the guy goes to jail, then we think, well, that's domestic abuse, that's violence, that's, yeah, we get that. That's Jesus is basically saying, from beginning to end, the entire thing is abuse. Not only abuse, it's murder. He said, well, pastor, you've clearly gone too far. There's probably a few people who might need to know about abuse, but this is too far. I'm not trying to be a law and order Republican. I'm not trying to be a real a flaming liberal Democrat. These are the words of Jesus. Matthew 5, 21, 22. Jesus says this. We should, be, we should be concerned and troubled when people are killed in our streets. We should be concerned. It's not a great thing. But Jesus is concerned with the entire process before we ever get to people dying. Because it starts in your mind. With God, that's a problem because God knows way back in the very beginning with Lucifer, his number one angel, where did everything start? Where did this whole universe start falling apart? In the mind of Lucifer. And if we're not willing to get help, it gets worse and it turns into words. And if we're stubborn and we still don't want help, then those things that are in our mind and it goes into our words, then it turns into actions. And if we're stubborn and we still don't want help, then it can spill over sometimes into killing people. But in America, that actually doesn't happen that often because we don't want to go to jail. And so we don't usually do that. So we'll stop just a little bit short of that. We'll abuse people in other ways because we don't want to go to jail. But the whole process is a problem. Before anybody ever dies, we should stop, we should get help, and we should do other things according to Jesus. Strange little analogy, but I always think of this as a... If somebody wants to stop, I always think of it like a tree. <laughs> that um, if we were to assume and imagine that... Uh, Let's assume the leaves on a tree were poisonous and that the leaves on a tree kill people. Now, we could wear special gloves, we could wear a special mask, and we could, uh, when the leaves fall in the fall, in the autumn, we could rake them up and put them in a bag and put them to the curb and make the, 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 the waste people take them away. 
or if we're really committed, if we're really committed, we could, uh, you know, have our spouse or, or hire someone to climb up the tree and pull all the leaves off with special gloves and put them in the bag. Oh, we'd be happy. But the neighbor, the neighbor kid, the neighbor kid would probably be laughing and say, oh, my word, what are they doing? Don't they realize every year the leaves what? The leaves come back. The leaves will come back. Whether you're Muslim, whether you're Hindu, whether you're Buddhist, whether you're Catholic, or even if you're Christian, everybody knows if you don't want the leaves to come back on your tree, you need to kill it from the inside. And with the tree, the way you do that is you have to kill the roots. That's the only way to do it. And isn't that quite a coincidence? If you slip with me over to Revelation 12... Revelation 12, verse 7 to 11, it um, says there that there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels were waging war against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels waged war, but they were not uh, strong enough, and so they were, there was no place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who's called the devil, the Satan, uh, Um, It deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Verse 10, And I heard in a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation, the power, and the kingdom of our God and authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of his brethren have been thrown down, and he who accuses them before night and day. And they, verse 11, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony and they did not love their life even when faced with death. For the last six, seven thousand years Satan has been putting all of his efforts into abusing people. And he's been doing a really amazing job at trying to get us to abuse each other. Not just by slapping your spouse or hitting him in the face. But lots of ways Satan is trying to get human beings to abuse each other. Unfortunately, it's been working too well. And it all started right in the mind of Satan and spread to humanity. But here, John, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes in verse 11, (laughs) he's writing that, that in the end there's actually people that this won't be the case. Verse 12, For this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. So as you get to the end and there's a short time left, there are people in verse 11 that because of the blood of Jesus, because of this, this, this word of their testimony, actually have a different experience. Instead of carrying around that abusiveness and, and, and spilling it on to other people, in verse 11, it's, depending on your translation, it could be more clear in various translations, but in the Greek it's abundantly clear. When it says the word, that means embody or that means internalize. What were, were they embodying? What were they internalizing? Uh, some translations say the testimony. Well, in the Greek, what's that testimony? The word is martyr. In other words, they were internalizing. They were internalizing the death of Jesus. 
So instead of internalizing the abuse and having that spread out on other people, they were internalizing Jesus' death. And Jesus' death and resurrection was rubbing off onto other people. Instead of being abusive, they were being helpful. Just like when Jesus, when people abused him, he was kind and loving. Because we don't have to be abusive. And the only way to not be abusive is to have Jesus Christ. Well, surprise, surprise. Why is this world so destructive? And now with all the social media, I don't know if it's worse. It might be, might not be, but we're just more aware of it because of social media. And it is horrible. But I have a hard time thinking it's going to be getting better if people don't want Jesus to help them. You name the abuse, it's bad. The way to overcome abuse is Jesus Christ. But the problem is it certainly seems like a lot of people in this world are trying to hide from Jesus. And when Lucifer had a problem of abuse in his mind and he thought it would be a really good idea to hide from Jesus, that didn't go so well. When Adam and Eve, who were perfect, and they chose to be abusive and they chose to hide under the bush and hide from God, they thought that would be a great idea. That didn't turn out so good. And when the remnant church decided to abuse the Messiah, that didn't turn out so good for them. And when people are abusive to try and hide from God and try to solve abuse some other way, that typically doesn't go so well historically. So I encourage you, as the world wraps up to a close and gets violent and gets abusive and gets messy in lots of places and lots of ways. Be one of these people. Be one of these people that instead of carrying around abuse and abusing others, internalize and carry with you the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because as it says in Galatians 2.20 and many other places, I have been crucified with Christ. It is not I that lives. It's Christ that lives in me. And the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And just like a tree, trees naturally produce leaves. And human beings naturally produce Sin, selfishness, self-destruction, and abuse. Unless, like a tree, you kill the roots. And I'm not talking suicide. Fortunately, Jesus at the cross, when he died, I died. And if we honestly and sincerely accept Jesus' death, that's our death. And Jesus will then, through the Holy Spirit, resurrect in us. So his thoughts, his feelings, his actions, his motives are in our mind. So we're internalizing Jesus and not abuse. There's actually hope. There's a victory. There's a way to overcome all types of abuse. And it's not just by singing nice songs about Jesus or walking into nice buildings for church or wearing nice slogans that talk about Jesus. Victory is in Jesus. It even talks about here in Revelation as we approach the end.
says, going back in the beginning, there was war in heaven with Michael and his angels waging war against the dragon and his angels, and they waged war, but they were not strong enough to overcome, and so there was no longer a place for them in heaven. The great dragon was thrown down, also known as the serpent, the devil, or Satan, the one who deceives the whole earth. And he was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Salvation and power have now come in the kingdom of God and his authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren have been cast, has been cast down, who accuses them before God day and night. But, in verse 11, they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because, they were, because of the word of the testimony, because they were internalizing Christ. And they didn't love their life even when faced with death. Abuse started in the mind of Satan. Abuse started in the mind of Satan with just a thought. It started with a selfish thought. He was jealous, envious. And unfortunately, it spread around the entire world in the mind of people. But God is trying to tell the world there's hope. There's hope. If we're really desperate, if we really want help, the help is in Jesus. And if we internalize Jesus' death and resurrection, there's hope for us.